Welcome back to another special episode of the Athletic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. It's episode 149, and I'm joined online once again with my co-host, Sneaky Pete. How are you tonight, Pete? I'm good. I can't believe we're very close to that magical 150 mark, so that is it's not tuned. a small number. It's not a small stay number. Stay tuned for some more spice from us. Hopefully you're not sick of our beautiful voices uh, all quite well. soon, but... Well, we'll see how it goes uh, today. But fortunately, they can't see my face on it because I don't have a. I have a voice for radio, man. But my face is my <laughs> face what... is not for TV. So. Oh well, hey, I appreciate your voice. So, well, if you like you. what you're hearing, folks, uh, just check us out on the Lotus Council website and on Discord. Um, we love to talk magic anywhere, via email, uh, Twitter, if you have it, and. Uh, these uh, servers. So just hang, come hang out with us sometime. And Bruce, what are we talking about today? Well, all right. We're going to start with some garbage or great. Now, I have, as we've, you probably have, if you listen to the show for any length of time, I have to find new cards and say, oh, that looks cool. Is it any good or not? Pete, Pete's the master of finding some obscure gem and it's going to, it's open overlooked. So tonight, I have Lich Knight's Conquest, which Love is a card, card from. From Wilds of Eldraine, and whew, this one's a spicy one. Gives me goosebumps. So it is a, it's a sorcery. It's four and a black. Sacrifice any number of artifacts, enchantments, and or tokens, and return that many creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Oh my good grief. Okay, so give you first shot, Pete. Garbage, or is this thing great? Uh, it's living death with the upside. <laughs> um... And it's 80 cents. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's so I, good. I, I, when I found out this card was a thing, like a real card, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Wizards, because uh, you're making <laughs> me more degenerate as a player now. So, <laughs> so Rutstein gets a copy? Probably, yeah. I actually have a list. I have like a list of a dollar and under cards that I need for various decks now because of uh, Wild. So, it's, it's awesome. I, I really do think this deck or this card is a really flexible card for many decks. Uh, even if you're not necessarily doing recursion as a theme, you can slot this into many builds now that have black in its color identity, and it becomes a five mana sort of like like uh, you're racing to the finish, and someone pulled out the rocket booster shoes, and they just beat you. That's kind of like how I feel. Yeah, yeah. When this card feels- resolves, so. This is going to be nuts. Um, so I just want to like start like preface as like okay, audience. Like since I start rejoined playing the game in 2012, I've watched as Magic has gone increasingly down this path of like sacrificing permanence for value. Yes. It was Scions in uh, in when we went back to Zendikar. It's been clues. It's been treasure. It's been food. It's been power stones. And now we get the whole on bargain mechanic, which incidentally plays suspiciously well with all of these things that make permanence in these artifacts, right? So, like, right. you can sack most of these things to the bargain mechanic. And this card doesn't say bargain on it, but, wow, it's like bargain on steroids. This is a <laughs> mastery animator. It's like, this thing is crazy. Um, and on top of it, it's the sort of card I want to play, because, like, I've got decks that just are yearning for this sort of effect. Like, I have a Zyatora deck, which would love this. Because you throw something, make some make some uh, some treasure tokens with your Zyatora, 
and then sack those food tokens the next turn with your legendary conquest and bring back a whole bunch of goodies out of your graveyard right into play. You could even, so, you know, I was going to say you could even like use it in a deck that doesn't run a ton of creatures, but the creatures that you run are haymaking cards. Um, yes. Or like for example, I run, um, I run the uh, the guy that gives everything double strike when you have R's attached to them or equipment. Um, I forget the guy's Callum? name right now. Kellen? No, Kellen. Um, uh, four mana, two white. He has uh, equipment on the other side. Uh, oh, um, you know I'm talking uh, about? The, the white god. god, the white yeah. god, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, anyway, the white god from Kaldheim who is supposed to be Odin, I believe, or not Odin. Yeah, um, yeah he's good. Yes, so basically, oh, like, that's who it is. Oh, yeah, so like you sack your worst aura or two or three auras, and you get back that card and like a payoff for playing auras mm-hmm. or something later in the game or. You get back your commander that's died seven times because you're, you know, smacking people in the face for a lot of damage every turn. Uh-huh. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you don't even need to go all creatures. Like, you could sack the worst permanent on your field and get back the best card. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the swap is nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just so we are, there are drawbacks here, folks. You do take it does take a little bit of setup cost to stock your graveyard with some good targets, right. but that's surprisingly easy to overcome. Whether you're self milling or you're entombing or you're just having things die or whatever you want to do, there's lots of ways to get cool things from your graveyard library into your graveyard and then use this. Now you do have to watch out. Your opponents could have a Bajuka Bog. They could have a um, Rakdos Charm. They could have stuff that deals with your graveyard. Um, which would suck, but I feel like the 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 benefit of dumpstering a bunch of st- spare junk that your deck has made and make it and, and return a whole bunch of nasty things from your graveyard seems too good to be true. So, yeah, I'm pretty down. I'm in. Um, I got a bunch of decks that want it. I will be playing it. So, and I yeah. think you should too. A quick comparison to Living Death is uh, like a six buck card, and it, it's it's in eighty nine thousand nine hundred ninety eight decks right now. Six percent of you know over like a million or something ridiculous on EDH. Yeah, right? That's yeah. that But Lich's Knight's Conquest, which is eighty cents, is only in about two thousand five hundred decks. So it's a newer card. People are going to be keen to it, I think, in the next few months. And it's very budget friendly, of course, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah, um, indeed. And it's and it doesn't like sometimes I play Living Death, and it actually enables my opponent because I got back all of their cards that were killed earlier. But I needed to do it for my own benefit as well. This is not a political card. This is a one sided, like you know, advantage engine. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, very much so. Um, our bonus pick, folks, Candy Grapple. Candy Grapple is something that you guys should also be looking at. Uh, it is one in a black for minus three, minus three, and if you bargain away some piece of junk, you get something minus five, minus five. I think the fact that this is an instant speed and flexible is an excellent card, and also is a great way for you to sacrifice junk that you have for significant upside. So, that's what mm-hmm. I think. Candy Grapple is another one that is from Woe that you should probably be looking and evaluating if you should be running it in lieu of something else. 
So, it's oh. fantastic getting rid of indestructible, especially shield counters mm. that are becoming more popular now. Yep. And it hits a lot of a lot of really good targets. Uh, yep. Incoming. A, lot a ton of, of, ton of creatures. A lot of terrific targets. Yeah. On top of it, like if you need to, you can shrink something down to size and, and then eat it. Like it does a lot of work. And I think the cards are cards that give minus, like minus whatever, minus whatever are, I mean, when you get to like minus five, minus five, like that's a significant chunk of, of their toughness that you can swallow away and then dummy the card. So um, look at it. I mean, I'm not necessarily going to go in everyone's deck, but definitely worth checking out. And, Considering if you think you should play it, do you think this is the best uh, two mana black common since Deadly Dispute? I think it's up there. I still think Go for the Throat's better, personally. Um, but this is very good. Like I, I don't know exactly what your removal package looks like, um, and if you're playing a deck or what your budget looks like, because Candy Grapple is quite a bit cheaper than than uh, Go for the Throat. Um, I'm not familiar with the cost right now. Go for the. Th I know I tried to order it for my cube, and it's so yeah. So the March of the Machine is fifty cents. You can get the two dollars and fifty cent one from one of the Commander products for Go for the Throat. But it's around fifty cents. I'm sure Candy Grapple is like twenty cents at, at that. Mm -hmm. Candy Grapple is four cents. So. You know, I think for bang for your buck, you're getting pretty comparable results, and uh, I so and you're and you're keeping your budget in control. So if you're spending fifty cents on on like uncommon and common removal for your deck because you're a budget player, then like you want to look at candy grapples. So anyway, that's just me. Heck yeah! Alrighty, all right. Here's my old head pick. You know, as I like to say, uh... this is this is this is a funky one. Yeah, so Crumbling Sanctuary. It's from Mercadian Masks. Um, and there's a World Champ Dex 2000. Like, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, five mana artifact. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. I know, right? <laughs> it's a five mana artifact. If damage would be dealt to a player, that player exiles that any card on the top of their library instead. So it's a weird win condition in a specific sort of deck where you're dealing tons of damage so, to space. You know what deck wants this? An Oblivion Sower deck. Any deck that's going to run an Oblivion Sower wants this. So, like this to me, like goes in like. I mean, you could use it as a mill effect. I don't think milling milling in commander is really challenging, right? Because you're. Like you're still having to deal a hundred points of damage with this to mill out somebody's deck, so that's like that's realistically not really why you want to play this. You want to play this because you want to use the cards in exile. At least that's that's how I would build, construct it. I want uh, to use the cards in exile and would, do something degenerate with it. I wouldn't even do that. I would just play stuff like ETB damage effects. And spam out like either a bunch of tokens or a bunch of fat bodies dealing enough damage to the opponent to chunk their deck down. Yeah. The where they don't have enough cards to play that are useful. Um, and well, then just really, like, yeah, I think that's really I, I slow. Know. Yeah, I don't What's... know. It's one of those things where like I've played burn decks before, and it's just like you need to generate like a hundred wow. mana. Just want to guess what what decks this appears most frequently in? No, I can't even. Phoenix, Una, Queen of the Fae, and Umbra Sphere Manifest. 
So like uh, Demir Demir cards are into this for the mill effect. For the and oh Ashiok. Yeah, that makes what sense. What does Ashiok do? That's the one here. Yeah. So Ashiok is it's one of those Ashioks that's what is this? Uh put a creature card with exile. Oh, exile with Ashiok. Oh, if that would just have an open any synergy with cards that would exile, that'd be kind of busted. Um, Oblivion Sower, yeah, Oblivion Sower plays with this, and Oblivion Sower is 73 cents. So, if you're not familiar with Oblivion Sower, I wouldn't blame either audience, but check this out. When you cast a spell, target opponent exiles the top four cards of the library, then you put any number of land cards that player owns from exile onto the battlefield under your control. So, you can, if you can use this, this artifact here, this crumbling sanctuary, to mill, let's call it 15 cards, which I don't think is an unreasonable amount of milling to do all right put that many cards in exile and then you go and do the like you cast an oblivion sower how many lands are you going to rip up like how much are you ramping you're probably ramping a significant amount um i've used ulamog the ceaseless hunger to go and like i had attacked with it and then i cast oblivion sower to back it up so i mean i think you can do quite a bit of work with this card um and i like, I don't know if I love it in the mill strategy. I feel like that's, like, almost, like, too too simple. I think you want to do something more with it. I think, I like you, Pete. I think this goes into burn decks. Like, you want to put this in something red and aggressive and smash some people around, mill some cards, and then just find some way to, to recur all that stuff um, through whatever means you can, and then leverage it to winning for victory. Like, that's what I want to do. I would do. Like... I don't like the mill strategy generally, and so I don't. I'm not. I'm not keen to lean into it particularly hard. But I like this card in burn decks and doing something funky with burn and cards that get things back from graveyards, or back from exile. Isn't there cards out there too that say like things in exile, like the the creature's power like is equal to the number of cards in exile that you own. Um, um maybe or like stuff like that. Because I've been looking around. Um, because there's, there's Raynar. It's that blue-white spirit. Whenever you exile cards, you make spirits. Right, yeah. Or whatever. But, like, it, it's, I'm curious to do some research. Because there are definitely... I'm, I'm assuming there are ways to abuse, like, if there's 40 cards in exile. <laughs> what, what, what would happen? Um, so what about this card with Pramacon? Yeah, I mean, I that would be interesting, too. Uh, that's it. That's an interesting take on things. Kind of like a big old nope. You're not doing nothing now. Um, I'm kind of like I'm interested. This card, like I don't know if it's great or not, audience, but I think this card is super cool. And like this thing is funky. You're gonna do something totally like off the like out in left field that your opponents never saw coming, and they're gonna go wait a minute. I'm wondering if like you're gonna want to get into like the processor cards. From uh, yeah, from Zendikar, and, Battle for Zendikar Two, like those cards mm-hmm. have been chronically underplayed and are mostly poop soup. But like, if you can leverage them to like get the benefit off them, then maybe I don't know. Like, this seems like a lot of like uncharted territory, and like, because like I'm looking at the most played creatures and stuff, but none of this says like this looks and... cool and wicked to me. This looks <laughs> like this looks kind of like. Like the who's who of like good demure creatures, like oh, oh, you're going to play a, 
What are we playing here? We're playing a Vexy Revoker, a Misery Shadow. Oh, like, no, these seems like these seem like boring cards. I want to go. I want to get spicy. <laughs> this is not. This is not spicy. This is like these are the boring cards. Glunch. Somebody's putting playing this with Glunch. I don't know. I, I don't. What is that? I don't. Maybe it's like a five color deck or something. Because I don't maybe, see it. Maybe. Um. It's, it's, it's okay, listed here. EDH rack. It's got. Plus 35% synergy, and I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't track. Anyway, whatever. Okay, that card is funky. Down. Yeah, I mean, like, even like Fire Song and Sunspeaker, which used to be like a really good deck back in the day before we went into what we're in now um, with Valley. You mean massive power creep? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's <laughs> potential for that, and Mono Red Burn, of course, with like uh, Torolf and stuff could be potentially a thing, too. Ooh. So, there and is it too? Like if you did blue red somehow and played cards like Candle Keep Incursion, I think it's like a sorcery that says hold on. Candle Keep Inspiration until end of turn. Creatures you control have base power toughness XX or X's number of cards you own in exile and in your graveyard. Better instance sorceries or have an adventure. Um. Because there are ways to exile cards off the top of your own library too, of course. Oh, of course, yeah. I, don't know. I yeah, I think the card is very interesting. There's like a there's like there's there's some brewing needed to make that one. Mm -hmm. There's some brewing because I don't think that one like I think I I think the people who have used it right now are using it in its most literal limited sense, and I'm like, well, mm -hmm. you've got the level one thinking. Can we push it level two and deeper to go and do something busto with it? I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty cool yeah. to try it. I'm try it out. And weirdly enough, you could like you could leverage combat with it because if people don't want to take damage, or if they can't afford to take damage from you, they might be like, "Hey, like, don't swing at me, and I can help you with this problem." Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's because it affects every player again. Yeah, it does. Like that's kind of wild. I'm surprised it's not even enough? in Prosper either. You know, seems wrong. Anyway, all right. Anyway, whatever. Okay. So, segment two tonight there, audience, we're going to talk about what happens when you go into an unknown meta. Someplace you've never been before, with players you've never seen before, let's say you're visiting a, in a different city. So, you have a situation, you decide to venture out and visit a store that you are unfamiliar with. How do you approach a new meta? And... There's a couple of thoughts I had. Like, I mean, I haven't done a lot of this because I... My first time ever going into an LGS was on, in July with when Pete was visiting me. Pete, you've had a little more practice with this. Like, so if you're going into a store that you don't know, what 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 are you sort of thinking about as you're getting ready to go into the store? Yeah, um, I, I've been in different situations with different stores, right? So usually I try to feel out like, all right, if there are people already there, how does the vibe feel with with these people? Right? Are they very obnoxious do they you know are they very loud do they get excited easily um things like that and maybe maybe there's a group that is very like clicky that could also be a situation that you don't want to be in if you're with three well, three, three friends who gang up on you the whole night that's this doesn't, doesn't happen to me as much but i've heard stories from friends and from other people playing the game i i think my mindset is really like okay i want to just i want to play a few decks that i don't get to play um, all the time, but there are specific decks I pack uh, up because I know that it's going to be fun for the table. Um, one of them being 
a token stack that parlays, so it allows everybody to draw extra cards, which in lower power pods and in higher power, it's it's just fun to see more information overall, mm-hmm. no matter who yeah. wins. So I like to start off with that deck no matter what, usually. Um, and then I'll maybe play like my mono red deck or, or like Rudstein or something else that isn't like really fast, but can explode at certain points. So it's not like completely unfair, but also I guess I try to balance the fairness with what people are playing. I usually ask a lot of questions as well, initially, when I sit down with people. Right. right. Um, but I usually just try to feel out, okay, what are people wanting to play? Like, I know people that are, like, trying to test out a new pre-con they just bought in the store versus people who have been there for a long time playing the same <laughs> three or four decks every time they come. Um, well, I was, I was the person who only had three or four decks. He need to brew some more decks. <laughs> That's why I have to say that. Come listen to the show with me, and we'll brew some decks together, folks. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like, I'm sort of kind of like you. When I go into a new environment, and I haven't gone to a lot, but, like, when I was sitting there trying to think about what decks would I take into the, the LGS in July, and there was a new play group that I got introduced to but before the pandemic um, that I, you know, I knew a guy who knew a guy that invited me, and they said, you want to come play? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And, I mean, I... I don't want to, like, I'm like you, I don't want to sit down and play something that is um, going to, like, I'm not looking to smash the table the first time out. I'm looking to get a feel for how everyone's going to be and how everything's going to go. And I spend a lot of time watching and listening to how guys interact with each other. Um, I shouldn't say just guys, guys and uh, like how everybody interacts with each other. But, uh, so I bring a variety of different decks. I think I when I went to the store in... Uh, July, I had five decks with me. I had one as a pre-con level. I had one that was, you know, a higher power level deck that I, you know, not that I brew ever brew anything particularly high high power, but and then I bring things that are ultimately very fair. Um, one of my ones that I always, almost always play when I play with somebody who's new that I don't know very well is I will open up with Dagatar. So Dagatar the Element um, for a couple of reasons. First, no one ever plays Dagatar. I have never encountered another Dagatar deck anywhere in the wild. Um, I must be one of the only people who's, and I've had it now since, since Konzatark here. Like that was mm-hmm. one of the first five decks I built because I built one for each of the, um, the, the factions from Konzatark here and Dagatar was my, uh, was my, my Abzan commander. The abilities are reasonably unique and there's lots of support for plus one plus encounters. You can do a lot of powerful things with them. And then if I do get a chance to win, it wins just by doing the fairest of things by turning creatures sideways and smashing people around. So, you know, it dies to removal, and so it gets, it's very fair, and I have never had someone say, well, you know what, I wish you wouldn't play Dagatar, it's such a problem. So, um, but yeah, like, so I, that's usually an example of a deck that I sort of bring. Um, a couple of pre-cons are usually in my arsenal somewhere, um, and I try really hard not to bring a lot of combos because combos elicit salty reactions from um, from other players because there's a lot of people who really do not like playing combos. Yeah, I think as well, um, being wary of the play style of people. So, like, there are people I know that they don't really understand the balance between trying to win and being fair. Um, I remember playing against a guy who was playing Animatu, um, and he would just he just kept playing this deck. So yeah. I, pulled out a, I pulled out a deck that would match his level of saltiness, and I crushed him, and he was very upset. 
And I was thinking to myself, I'm not the bad guy for beating you up with an Ink Moth Nexus land. Um, you should probably reevaluate how, how you decide to approach tables. I didn't say that to his face, but that's what I thought afterwards immediately when he left the table uh, rather uh, briskly. So, yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I usually play a lot of combat focused decks as well, uh, Bruce. Like, I'll yeah. Yeah. play an equipment, equipment one or. Um, even the Aura's deck is strong, but if I play it a little slower and try to do something weird with it, like, how many Aura's can I put on, um, that two drop that gets two plus two plus two for each Aura attached to it? I forget what it's called. It just got reprinted again. Sure, I don't know. It's like a, white, a bunch of them. It's a white card that... Raceblade Artisan? Like, I don't, I don't remember. It's just a two drop that becomes bigger. It's like funny yeah. to put as many Aura's as I can onto it, see how fat it can get. Um, yeah, no, it's it's you do silly stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's what that's what I was, that's I mean, that's what I think about too. Like I started thinking about like how like how silly decks that are be? gonna <laughs> yeah, silly. How silly can I be? Like sometimes I want to do something silly. Like I've played, I have a Jeskai deck with Shu Yun, the the Shu Yun, the Silent Tempest, and it it secretly is a energy deck because it plays okay. the whales. Oh, that's and funny. I've gone into the whale loop where like oh, I can I can bounce the, I can bounce reset the table over and over again. And they're like, we hate you. Like wash it all back. You're like so they end up yeah. they have to make a choice. Do they want to counter like or do they want to kill my whales? Which right. is hard to do because I have mana. Like inevitably, I get to the point where we're all just rebuilding our board, so I have mana to counter their thing and. Or they, do they want to redeploy their threats? And either way, it's so anyway, it's funny. It's a really right. funny deck, and I've gotten into this loop where like four or five turns in a row where you just watch everything away again. They're like, "Could you just stop, please?" They're like, "Yeah, I'll stop now because I've had my fun. <laughs> I've had my giggles." And anyway, um, but yeah. So there we yeah. go. There's other decks like I've seen, and I have one too, where it's like the better the players are playing, like the better cards they play, the better my deck performs. Yeah, that's if you're those playing are very like, fair. If you're playing like crap decks, then my deck is also crap. <laughs> um, well, yeah, like it, it, so one, of the, cool. one of the one of the easiest ways to get past the whole like, oh, your deck's overpowered. It's like no, I played your cards against you, um, so, so you brought you brought that scary thing to the party, and yeah, I just yeah. took it. So like I have a deck. It's um, it's it's Karuga. It's like the Karuga Companion. Yeah. So I, everything is three or greater. Everything in the deck except lands. Yeah. It's three or greater. Every permanent, every spell, and it's Volrath the Shape Stealer. So it's neat because I can steal your best creature and then copy it a few times if I want to. Yeah. Um, but people will get mad because it's like I'll just copy your Tyrannosaurus Rex or whatever the the eight eight or whatever with the Ward four. It's like, but I didn't play that card. You played that card. <laughs> Why are you upset yeah. that I copied it? <laughs> so, yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I've never had a problem. People always laugh at the deck because they think it's funny and it's interesting. Um, it's I think still it's more, not funny. Yeah, right. But like, the, I think the more we expand our idea of like, okay, I wanted to make a deck that does this really weird thing. Instead of, I want to make this deck that wins this way every time that I play the deck. I think our what we're trying to say, audience, Bruce and I, is like, our mindset is like, okay, we don't care about winning or losing. We care about like, did our deck do something really weird that it has never done before? Like in that uh, Fabian deck that I was talking about earlier, the parlay deck, 
I drew 86 cards in a turn once, and the game was a draw. That's cool. Because somebody activated Memory Jar in response to me dueling direct damage to everybody's face with all the tokens I just made. Um, so we just the game was a draw. <laughs> and it was the coolest thing I've ever seen because I drew more cards than the two blue players at the table and the Enchantress deck um, that was right. upgraded. So, yeah, no, like, yeah. well, I think this, this, this also plays in part with the la- with last week's conversation yeah. about salty cards and salty decks. Like, we're we both now value the experience far more than the winning, and so yeah. we can make those. We can, and we're encouraging you guys as audience out there the same thing. Like, like we're not saying don't try to win, but you think carefully about what you're going to play and if you don't win the first time out it's okay like the world will go on so anyway let's move on to what happens when you arrive at the store so what would you encourage players to do if they're going into a store like what do you what do you what would you suggest to do i mean most people i'm personally the same way uh, small talk for me it can be difficult uh, with uh-huh. people i've never talked to before i usually just try to ask simple things like, oh, like, are you excited to be here today and play? Or like, what's your favorite color combination or deck um, and why and stuff like that? Just like very like disengage, like engaging questions, disarming questions, I guess, that are not pervasive. Yeah. Um, And just kind of talking to people like, oh, hey, how's your week going? You know, because most of the guys that I played with work full time and then they come to the shop after they're done. Um, So, you know, they're probably stressed from coming off of work that day so it's nice to like joke around a little bit and um i think it depends on as well like the store itself sometimes is not very forgiving for players um when it mm-hmm. comes to these like league nights they do with commander when yeah. it becomes like a like an arms race um it's very difficult to like to be like hey i'm not in the league i'm just trying to play because i love to play the game not because i care about the results so i think like I think really loosening people up by doing weird things <laughs> like in game also can help. Um, yeah. When you arrive. Yeah. So, like, like I know when I when I went to that went to that play group like in downtown Ottawa with <clears throat> with people I didn't know. I you know I made a point of trying to engage in friendly conversation, like small talk. But I think again, I'm also like you. I'm not really good at it. I spent a lot of time just listening to the other guys talk to each other because they were friends and have been friends for ages. Um, so doing a lot of listening to, you know, listen to how people talk about, like, you know, what's going on with their lives, and some people, like, guys will talk about their cards, and, like, I remember one guy very vividly talking about his chain of Mephistopheles, and how proud he was of his chain of Mephistopheles, because he mentioned it three or four times in the first five minutes of meeting him, and I'm like, yeah, dude, okay, I got it, you have a chain of Mephistopheles, um, I wonder if the deck is poop soup, and sure enough, it was poop soup, but anyway... Um, but I, I really wanted to like try and create the notion that I was somebody who was laid back, looking to have fun, and not necessarily to be a sweaty tryhard looking to win the pod. All right, um, I really make a point of trying to like talk about the fact that I've got some different and interesting commanders. Because one of the things like this playgroup, they were the guys like they were they were very um, insular meta, and they were got very used to the same sort of decks. So they had the Nekusar guy, and they had the Animar guy, and they had the like the very all these traditional, tra- yeah, very, very traditional, traditional sense of like, this is what our power level, this is what our table yeah. looks like. Now you got to remember, like this also was 
pre-pandemic, so this is like 2018, yeah. where we, the proliferation of commander options was really wasn't there. Um, but the fact that I sat down and was playing very unorthodox commanders, I was playing a Dagatar. I had a, 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 um, a Sidisi. I have Chuyun. I have Lavinia of the Tenth. I have got a whole bunch of these sort of older commanders, but that aren't out of precons or out of like commander products. They're they were interesting. They're like, oh, this is like cool and new because you're playing something a different strategy. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean. I mean, I've still got to be Leary of the Necrosar player, but like, I want to give them something new and interesting to to look at, so they're not playing the same, you know, half dozen decks. Um, one thing that I made a point of when I, if I did knock a player out, is that I wanted to try and do it in a way that it was pretty clear, like, okay, like I'm attacking, and again, attacking is like the fairest way to kill somebody, and so like, you if you attack somebody, you knock them out through creature combat, then they really can't feel too salty about it. I'm like, I'm sorry, like you, you had nothing to block with, or I had a big thing and you didn't, and and I just and I, I stomped you. That I mean, every Magic player should be able to recognize that that's not something to say. Well, your deck's overpowered. Blah 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 blah. blah. Get out of here. Like we should be able to recognize. Yeah, that guy beat me with creature damage. Okay, like that's fine. It's not like it comboed him out or like accelerated into fast mana into something silly. Like it was, it's very like I played some dudes, I turned the dude sideways, and now you're dead. That's not going to trigger anybody and say ah. Like it's going to be very much along the lines of like, okay, that's cool, no problem there. If somebody is triggered by you using combat, well, what are they doing? Like we're playing a game, we're playing the game of magic where. You know, increasingly strategies revolve around creature combat. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. what world are you in if creature combat isn't fair? I would say too, like in game, because I think at the store it's more so just like finding people to play with that are like mm -hmm. where the open pot is, having a clear conversation about what you're trying to do and what they're trying to yeah. do. Um, but I'm because we're moving now, sort of into like while you play one thing that i like to do uh with a pod is like depending on like depending on how serious they are or not i'll i'll draw like inappropriate like not an inappropriate things on tokens but i'll draw like dumb things on a token or like yeah, a, a yeah. crappy like stick figure or something or like um for like a treasure token i'll i'll i i, I did um I actually can't repeat it on stream because it's probably not a <laughs> like I did something really like kind of like meme and like the people like loved it. It was like funny. It was the celebrities uh, like privates because it's you know they they spend a, a billion dollars on the the fake enhancements. If you know what uh -huh. I'm mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like my treasure token. So like anyway, all right, things, so silly someone... things like right like that <laughs> or right, okay, you know or like um. I don't know. Like, here's my dragon. It's a stick figure with like, I don't know, a crappy drawn mouth and whatever. And like, people seem to right. like 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 the like the the silliness of of that or whatever. Oh, for sure, um, for sure. And then politicking uh, as well, right? Like, yeah. It's the other thing I try to like almost humor somebody with it. Like, hey man, like, I. I don't know how scary you are, but I know I'm not that scary. Do you want to be friends? <laughs> there we go. You know, stuff there like we that. go. Um, no, so like I, yeah, like I think some of what you're getting at is like 
I always find like me not getting salty is probably the biggest thing that I can do to make sure that my play experience is positive. So when mm-hmm. I, you know, I played during the pandemic, I played quite a bit on spell table. I've, you know, now as my kids get a little bit older, it gets a little bit trickier. The fact that my basement is also totally bunged up because of flood in April doesn't help matters. So I haven't been able to play online as frequently, but regardless of like where you're playing, no one likes someone who's salty. Like, it's just not something that's pleasant to encounter. So I make a point of when I'm playing, I can only control what I do. So I try to make sure that I don't act in a way that's salty. Um, I can only think of, like, one instance where I was really salty in a game, and I was kind of being, like, I wasn't playing the game the right way. I was being a bit of a dinkus, and I, I paid the price. Like, I got thoroughly humbled. But... Like, I wasn't playing right. I wasn't playing smart. And, like, that's not to say that playing, like, I wasn't, like, having fun. Like, I was having fun. But, like, when you get too risky and too ridiculous with your play, you know, because you're salty, like, you end up making bad plays. And it's just it's not good for the game. Um, the other players don't appreciate it. So I make a point when I'm, because I'm talking about people who are new. I don't want to get salty um, because if you're salty, people are going to say, I didn't enjoy that experience. That guy's the magical a-hole. Don't bring him back. And that's really not what I want to promote. I want to promote the situation where people say, hey, Bruce was fun. I want to play again with him. Um, other things, like, I really want to make sure, like, that I don't act like a goober and do stuff that's absolutely ridiculous. So, like, stuff like stifling someone's fetch land or, like, even mind-censoring their fetch play, like, that is just... <laughs> that's, like, offside. Like, I've yeah, done it once. Agent, yeah. Yeah, like, I've done it once, and it's, like, so rude. I'm like, sorry. And I'm like, but I wanted to get the value off my, my Aphid Mind Sensor. But I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. That was such a bad play. It was well, so bad. I think I think it depends, because I've definitely been on the opposite end of Opposition Agent. Uh, Does it have it just, just destroy your deck? Well, like, I went to go get a basic land with, like, I don't know. Involving wilds, let's call it. So, so, yeah, something like that. And my friend put in the op agent play because he his deck is actually really funny. It's literally just all the dumb budget, like silly cards Magic has invented. So like he plays an artifact that messes with turn order or, or whatever. <laughs> and like his one win con is Fabi is a uh, Page the Untouchable and Fractured Identity, which is hilarious. But it's it's a funny deck. It's not a mean deck by any means. No, not at um, all. It's it's a meme deck, by all means. Yeah. Um, um, the the reason that people don't get upset with that is because he he plays very gracefully, like he's very right. Funny. Yeah. He jokes around, and he he's not trying to make people feel bad when he plays. Yeah. The deck, the deck is sure. really funny, but you know what I mean. Like, there's a difference. I think. I think it's the attitude as well. Um, when people are playing and they think that they're better than other people, uh, when they're playing or like, why did you make that move? That was silly, you know. Questioning other people's decision making, um, you should ask at the end. Maybe, hey, I was kind of confused. Why did you decide to do this rather than maybe try to do this? But I think it's the approach overall. Is mm-hmm. the approach yeah. of people's communication skills in a game like this? It can be difficult to remember that we're just playing a game and it doesn't yep. really absolutely change the fact that you know one way or the other it's casual 
So something else there that got you, you know, in this conversation around politicking is that if you're politicking and you decide you're going to like make a deal with somebody and that you don't back out of that deal, even if it looks bad to you now, because what all that does is erodes trust to your table and yep. they're going to be like, they're not going to view you as being somebody who is, you know, forthright and honest with them. They're like, Hey, that guy Pete double crossed me or Bruce double crossed me. That's Bush. I'm not a fan. Like, and then that reflects on you. And again, like I said, the whole hope is that at the end of the game, the other the other three players look at you and say, "Hey, that was fun. Want to shuffle up and play again?" If you've done that, you've won the game of magic. It doesn't matter anymore. I agree. The game is over. Mm-hmm. And and like the, if if they want to play with you some more, then you've done it right. And so all the stuff that's done that done in a way to try and promote people wanting to play with you is in your best interest. I know it may cut you into your win percentage, but at the end of the day, what's more important, the win percentage or the fact that you don't have three new people that want to, that next time you show up at that store because you're in the area again, they go, Hey, yeah, I remember him. He was okay. Go, you come play with us and it's going to make things, make your life just a little bit easier. I've started to like cheer for people too. Like if I get eliminated early, I found that even being like, wow, that was a really amazing thing you did there or you know, wow, like, that's a really hilarious way to win the game or something. Um, yeah, well, complimenting their deck is a great way to get mm-hmm. them, get people to think that, you know, that they want to play with you again. And yeah. um, so, and like, and being a ch- bit of a cheerleader, it's hard to be engaged when you're been removed from the game. You're like, oh, man, I just got to sit here. I'm not going to lie. There was one night where I was playing online and I got knocked out of the game early and I fell asleep. Like, I was like, but the other three guys, like, like, Bruce, are you are you there? I'm like just out cold in my chair, and they're like, oh, I guess Bruce is asleep. So later, guys. Like that's not really what you're looking to create. Fortunately, they're my friends and my brother, so it's like people who get me, and they like, oh, Bruce is tired, so we'll let Bruce sleep. Um, but um, but yeah, having a cheerleader there or someone who's actively engaged as a, as a spectator um, is always going to be more interesting because like you're somebody who's engaged in the outcome even if you're toast with jam like i think that's pretty cool um so that's you know being a good like don't just pull out your cell phone and like scroll through the latest you know spoilers on whatever magic site you like stay engaged in the game heck put away the phone in general you're like you're there to play the game put the phone away and pull it out when you when you need to text your your ride or text your 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 partner or whoever that you're going to be coming home soon but you know, otherwise tuck it away and, you know, let bygones be bygones. I also think having, like, thick skin in general is helpful between games, oh, yeah. too. Ooh, I've, yes. I, I don't know how many times they can count when somebody will target me in the second game after I beat them in the first game. <laughs> because it's something that, that I did or whatever. Well, um, you kind of had it coming, Pete. <laughs> well, that's different, because you know me. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> my example... <laughs> My my example is like, say I played this deck and I beat you with this particular spell, and then I play a different deck and you play a different deck, and you just you just target me out of principle, but you don't like you're doing it just because you can. Um, but the game is different now, right? Yeah. So you you just show a threat assessment to the wind and just said no 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 that guy was that guy 
did me last game, so I'm gonna do I'm gonna make sure I get him now. That to me is like that's a that's a that is a, a losing proposition. And like you need to still need to do, engage in your threat assessment. Now, if there's nothing there's nothing to say, like if you haven't pl- if I've played with Pete a few times and I have, and Pete switches decks, I don't assume the sec- deck he switched to is any less potent. And so I still might decide I'm gonna attack Pete. The other guys may have threats on their board, and I may have to attack them. But I'm like, no, no, no. Pete's going to do. Pete's going to pop off here in a moment. We need to make sure that we put his life total under pressure and remove things off his board. And because the other two guys look a lot less menacing because of the position they're in, just generally. So, you know, like you can't just throw your threat assessment to the wind and attack or and punish somebody needlessly. Right. But. You know, once you've established a couple of games in that, well, dude, that guy's got good stuff. I need to stay on top of him. Like, that's that's a valid threat assessment there. Like, even if you, you know, you got to stay on top of him. Anyway. What I'm what I'm saying really is just, like, don't be spiteful in general. Yeah. Even if someone yeah, you out or, like, your power level was not matching theirs. Uh, Have yeah. a reason. Don't be a spiteful jerk. Have a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I think just thinking thinking before providing action in general um, can also sort of help um, the overall experience. Agree. So, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where it comes with time, right? Like, I stopped mm-hmm. caring. I should set a date, like a random date in my calendar. I stopped caring about magic on this day or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's been, um, it's been this many days since I stopped caring about winning or losing magic games. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, arena is a different story arena really grinds my gears but that's <laughs> yeah no i can that's a whole I different can i was I horrible can today bruce i was horrible. Oh, I, I took a break and i played some quick draft today just for fun because it's expiring and i got blown out and i was so sad and my friend was making fun of me and he's like yeah man like sometimes Dude, it happens right, yeah. that way yeah <laughs> well i've so, been i've been trying to grind the alchemy ladder because i had a friend of mine send me a list and it's a black green food combo mm-hmm. and uh, in alchemy. And I so I, I I waltzed into alchemy thinking, yeah, I got this great combo deck, everything's gonna be swell. And then I got hit with reality. And the reality is quite literally one ring plus shouldered plus orcish bowmasters, and the work and the and the rest of it is irrelevant. I'm like, oh, this is this is savage. Okay. Um, so folks, um, if you're playing alchemy. Watch out, because there's going to be a lot of children, one ring, and bowmasters, and you need to have a way to deal with them all. Yeah, um, I think also expectations going into pods is don't expect to win. Yeah, for sure. Um, Just expect to have uh, your deck try to attempt to do something, because you know Mm -hmm. sometimes you just sometimes you're stuck on the three lands, you know. So yep, yep. I think uh, overall, just wherever you play Magic. Enjoy the process. Enjoy mm-hmm. the yeah. the experience. The whole yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. All right. Like we're fortunate. We're fortunate to be able to play this game. And exactly. It's too it many guys get roped up. Too many guys get roped into like worrying about their win rate. Like win rate's irrelevant. It's it really is. Like with commander, there's no like commander championship. Like we're just playing for fun. So right. Okay. Anyway. Enough, I think I think I think I've said enough on that topic unless <laughs> I, that's all i'm gonna say about that says forrest gump all right um 
All right, let's move to sign off. Get people out of here on and on with their day. Um, so, folks, thanks so much for sticking with us and and waiting to the end. Uh, all the information on how to get a hold of us is in the show notes, so you can find us on our Discord, our email, our Twitter, our Instagram, and anywhere else. You can find our where we repost our decks on Moxfield, and you can find all of the po- the podcast apps where you can find our po- our, our show, uh, including the LotusCouncil.com. Thanks so much, everybody. Um, take care. Have yourselves a great week, and have fun wherever you next play Magic. Cheers, everybody. Um... If you have any suggestions for our next coming show, please email us or hit us up on Discord. And enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks. Take care.